do you think it's like because you were a dork that you were like no offense but you know self procreating whoa no offense interview over i am gallagher walking out of here um <laughs> Happy to have you on your own podcast. <laughs> it's, it's a pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. Also, we'll, we it's not required, but I mentioned this in the email that we smoke weed on the podcast. I know you said you don't smoke. Are you eating edibles? You just hanging out with us today? Right now, I'm just hanging out because I have to drive my car in a little bit to go uh, to a show. Responsibility. So <laughs> I hope nice. that's okay. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah it's fine. never a requirement. Yeah. But, uh, I'd say like fifth, it goes 50-50, you know? Cool. Like some of I'd our love to come are... back sometime when I don't need to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, so are you in a hotel right now? Are you, or are you, no, this is are my you home. touring? Okay, cool. I, yeah, I'm, uh, I went to DC for the weekend last weekend nice. and that was my first uh, time back outside of my home area and out of my home almost. Yeah. Uh, and then I've got a, you know, shows in New York from now until July 14th. And then starting the 14th when I'm in West Virginia, I yes. then will be on the road for about three weeks. Nice. nice. So you're, so we're starting, you're starting the tour with us for the most number part. one. Yeah. Nice. That's fun guys. Well, welcome again to another episode of comics and chronic. I'm Cody cannon. Always. I'm uh, joined by Anthony. Ionaccio. And unfortunately our friend, our co-host Jake isn't here right now. We are joined mm -hmm. today with comedian, Mike Kaplan. He's had plenty of al albums. You've seen him on comedy central. He has a special out on Amazon. You just released an album on like uh audio correct that's right yeah yeah during during the pandemic uh, 2020 my newest album aka is the name of it came out so uh yeah i recorded in front of an audience uh when that was allowed previously nice. uh, as it is becoming again and uh but yeah i'm that is that's the newest one. If you only if you only remember three letters, it's really only two letters. Just uh, two <laughs> two A's with a K in the middle. <laughs> um, yeah, I actually was listening to that today. Just to, is that the material you're? I'm gonna get to see, or are you rehearsing new material? Great question. Uh, no, I am. I am essentially done with the material that is on AKA. I. I probably it started coming into being around 2016. I recorded it in 2019. Maybe record maybe I think I did it once or twice after recording it, but once I've recorded an album or a special, my goal is to be doing uh the next one, newer ones. And so there is a whole new hour that has not been recorded that you will see uh when you when you see me. Nice. So is that material you were working on during the pandemic or it's uh, another good question. They keep the hits keep coming. Um, so kind of no, mostly. So this is 
there's always like a little bit of overlap between like when I I'm I'm kind of grateful for the way it's worked. Like when I, you know, when I put out my first album, I think I recorded it in 2009 and it came out in 2010. Then like for the next couple of years, I was sort of like, you know, there were some jokes that I didn't record on that first album. And then I wrote a bunch of new jokes. And, uh, and then by the time I recorded my next album in 2012, I had like a couple hours worth of stuff to try to pick from to make that next one. And then the next one. So I, I made the following year. Oh, is everything okay? I don't know what's happening. <laughs> what are those sounds? This is, is there something in the connection going on? It's so so weird. Okay, it's fine. I think everything will be fine. <laughs> and so when I recorded like the the special that's on Amazon now called Small Dork and Handsome, like that I recorded in 2013. It came out in 2014. It's almost always been like, you know, it'll get recorded and then released maybe a year later so that I always have like some amount of time to be creating the new stuff so that if people get the album, they're like, I got to see you tomorrow. Like they're not going to see the exact same thing that they just got. Uh, which maybe maybe they want. Maybe I'm disappointing everybody. Like they're like, <laughs> oh man, I want to go see this album. I'm like, well, you got to go back in time. But uh, <laughs> so I, I've now, I, like, you know, written and it riffed so many things over the years that, like, now uh, I'm like, especially over the pandemic, like, I did so many like online shows where I wasn't doing specifically the new hour that I'm working on because I was like. I'm just going to take a break from that and just kind of be present with what's happening. And, mm. you know, Zoom is weird and online shows are weird. But like, I, so I, I've probably, you know, I don't know, ev like now getting back to live shows, I'm finding out what things I said over the past year are worth saying out loud to people <laughs> that are in the room, you know? And like, the answer is some of it. But uh, <laughs> like, I remember, so the album that came out before AKA was called No Kidding. And it, I recorded it in 2016. And like, remember the next night, I just did a whole, a whole new set of kind of like, you know, loose ideas that would become the new, the, the album AKA. And so while that, like everything sort of going on at the same time, like processing the new album, uh, as it, it goes through the process of, my girlfriend calls it uh, like blooming and pruning. So like in the beginning, sort of just like, you know, plant, planting a bunch of seeds and like let it watering them and doing a bunch of analogies to farming that I don't know. And, uh, <laughs> you know, eventually like, you know, a forest grows, a bonsai tree grows, you know, a harvest comes. And so the blooming phase is just where it's, you know, do like no, like no censors, no self-censorship, just like come up with the ideas and then figure out in the pruning phase, which might be like, you know, a year down the line or, or sort of happens along the way. But ultimately, as the album gets closer to being released, it's, you know, more pruning and less blooming. And but then the blooming is sort of like the most fun part of the creative process to begin with is Ooh. like, oh, like a new idea, saying a new thing, isn't it? Hey, everybody, like I thought this and here it is, Blah, you know, <laughs> just like <laughs> vomiting up new things. And, uh, and so like, you know, and then into the mouth of the baby bird audience and they're like, Ooh, we love this. Thank you. Feed us your vomit, you know? And uh, <laughs> like, look at this new thing that's blooming right now. Mm, delicious vomit. That's my new album name is delicious vomit. <laughs> and uh, excited for that one. Thank you. Yeah. That's, it was born here tonight. So see, this is what's happening <laughs> is, is that, you know, like being, just being open to whatever's happening in the moment. Uh, so going like when I was like 
finalizing, you know, the the structure and content of AKA, I was also like letting the blooming phase uh, process happen with the new hour that I'm working on now, which is also now getting close to uh, being as fully bloomed and now getting more into the pruning as possible. So now all the stuff that happened during the pandemic, those are all like, you know, blooming for future prunings. So I was, I'd say that since I started, so I was working on AK between 2016, 2019, that this must've started the new hour that I've got now, which is called imperfect is like, you know, the seeds were planted in 2017, 2018. So probably like it was a year, a year and a half, two years in the works, uh, and then put on pause. And as I'm now returning to it when it was like, it was on its way to, I was going to bring it to the Edinburgh Fringe Fest, which is what I did with AKA before I recorded it. And it's like just, you know, 25 days in a row of doing the show and like getting it into this, like having it be the thing, like discover the thing that it is. And so I was going to bring the new show there last year, but uh, I don't know if you heard about uh, what happened, that nothing happened anywhere. <laughs> and uh, and so now I'm just, and I, it's not happening this year either, as far as I know, I'm not going to the Edinburgh Fringe Fest this year, but <laughs> maybe next. So now I've got like, I'm like, oh, there's actually no deadline at all. So I've got this show ready to go, excited to tour it, excited to bring it to y'all, and also excited to, at some point, uh, stop doing it and do new. I'm ex I'm really excited to do this and stop doing it. You know, like I love, <laughs> I love breathing in and I love breathing out. You couldn't tell from listening to me talk, but I do love <laughs> breathing in and out for sure. <laughs> Is this going to be your first time in West Virginia? I. I th I'm sure that I mean, the answer is I think it is the first time that I'm performing in West Virginia. And I I've driven so many places. I've driven up and down, you know, the the East Coast and sort of, you know, the the Southeast. So I yeah. it seems plausible to me. I, I guess I got to look at a map to see if I've driven through West Virginia. For but sure. I yeah, I believe I think this will be uh, my first time performing there for sure. And I don't know if you if y'all are. Jewish or have any Jews there, but there's uh, a little bit. Yeah, cool, 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 cool. Um, Jake, Jake, we need Jake for this one. Jake, Sarah, yeah, he's our resident. He's <laughs> our resident yeah. Jewish person. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, so there's a, a prayer, a Jewish prayer called the Shehechianu, which mm. is uh, I, I was just reminded of it today because do y'all know about uh, what is it uh, like on the first of the month? Uh, Sometimes people say rabbit, rabbit first thing in the morning. Is that something you've heard of? No. Oh, <laughs> like insane. I learned about it like from a girlfriend about 10 years ago. Wait, who uh, says this on the like, who says this on the first of the month, like a specific like culture or something or just like people? it's <laughs> I think it's people. For, I mean, I this woman was Ukrainian, but okay. I don't think it's them. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, it could be. It could be. But I know other people that aren't Ukrainian that also do it. It's just like it is, you know, like, where does it come from that you're not supposed to walk under a ladder? I mean, like common sense or whatever. <laughs> yeah, but I know, superstition. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's like just a, a superstitious good luck thing that I do now because uh, when I when I remember it. I enjoy doing it because it makes me remember this person I care about fondly, like still a sweet person, even though we're not together uh, for the past 10 years. But uh, I was telling somebody else about it or somebody was telling me about it 
in an email and they were like, do you do this rabbit rabbit thing? Uh, and they were like, it's sort of like a, it could be like a non-religious Shehekianu, which is the Shehekianu is like the prayer for doing something new, like best wishes for the new thing, hmm. the new month, the new this, the new that. So I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to say that uh, at least uh, metaphorically spiritual. I'm going to say this prayer in spirit, not in letter. But uh, <laughs> when, when I'm coming to perform in West Virginia for the first time, that's the reason I said all that. <laughs> nice. 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 Yeah. Well, we're excited to have you. Um, are you uh... – so we talk about like nerdy things. Uh, Whoa, th- I'm a jock. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> He's um, going to bully us now, Cody. <laughs> we like to like just like nerd. It's called Comics and Chronic, which is like a double entendre because we're all like I'm a stand up comic. Anthony's a writer. Jake has done a lot more improv and stuff like that. So we're all comedy people, but we also love comic books. And that's like one of the things that cause us to be friends and whatnot. Um, are you into comic books at all? Uh, I'm going to answer that question uh, by saying yes in a moment. But first, uh, or second, <laughs> uh, depending what order you're taking things in, uh, I want to say I like the way that you phrased uh, it's one of the things that caused us to be friends. <laughs> I like that it, it put you on an unstoppable <laughs> path, much like the juggernaut. See, look, I'm, oh, show, I'm showing. Oh, nice. I'm not telling. Uh, you know, they say that nothing can stop the juggernaut except for every hero that he fights. That's yep. the only uh, the only thing that can stop the juggernaut is uh, uh, the writer writing the hero how to do it. But but other than that, like nothing nothing else can stop the juggernaut ex- except for the hero whose book it is. Um, yeah, I I love uh, I love comic books. It's such a weird thing. Like here, the way the way that I'm going to say this, I wrote this joke uh, a couple couple weeks ago. I think I was like, I love movies the way I love people. You know, not all of them, and <laughs> that's I, I feel that way about comics as well. Like because there's things like it's weird if somebody says I don't like music or I don't like movies or right. I don't like like big you know entertainment art form that like well you gotta. Which ones have you seen? There's got to be like they're just so uh, ever present. But like stand up comedy, there are people who say like I don't like stand up comedy, and I they, I'm like probably you just haven't seen the one that you love. It'd be like saying like, I don't like food. I'm like, have you tried? There's got to be some food that <laughs> you're okay with. There's got to be some stand up comedy, and comic books are like that as well. There's some people that yeah. if you haven't experienced a lot of them. Uh, then you might have just an impression of, oh, it's like, you know, just some male, like, you know, fantasy of like women in tight clothes and it's superhero, like fantasy nonsense when there's like, of course, like Mouse, a Pulitzer Prize winning, right. you know, like essentially a a documentary. Mm-hmm. Uh, like there's, you know, there's memoir comics that are like uh, that I'm a big fan of. And there's, of course, like it's I read Understanding Comics by Scott McCloud yeah, years Scott ago. McLeod, yep. And he talks about how, like, about how, like, comics are like a, uh, not they're not a genre. They like there's all different genres within comics, but people think about it like it's a genre, right. and as such, it's they're like, okay, so what is the thing that I want to get to? Oh yeah, people think of it as like you know. Uh, they're for kids. They're they're Archie comics or they're only superhero comics. Uh, but no, oh yeah, this is the thing. 
that I was that I look, I, I didn't smoke anything, but I <laughs> did forget what I was about to say. So uh, <laughs> I'm culturally stoned right now. And uh, <laughs> it's like I think he pointed out that or some I think it was Scott McLeod who pointed out that like if you look at like literature, you know, words without pictures, they're like, that's high art. And then if you look at paintings, like w- pictures without words, they're like, that's high art. And they're like, OK, so combine these two high arts and then you get like, you know, crap like how how does it happen that if you add like words are beautiful and pictures are beautiful and they're like yeah putting words and pictures together that's for kids i'm like if anything's for kids how about paintings are for kids you know what i mean like at least there's (laughs) some words in this now this is uh i'm i'm now no longer power paraphrasing scott mcleod but uh, i mean there's just so many you know like there's great works of literature outside like in non-graphic art and there's so many great works of literature like there's beautiful i i guess uh short answer yes i like comics. <laughs> <laughs> um what are some of your favorites yeah well i was gonna say before we get, get into that like we were talking uh, uh with um tim seeley that episode well i don't think it's gonna be out yet by the time we talk uh this one comes out but how when people think of comics it's not just superhero comics you know like people always just when you say comics it's like that's for kids because they're thinking batman superman whatever but like you're saying there are these graphic novels like mouse persepolis uh funhouse things like that and then even crazier like um we read a comic uh, by tim seeley called money shot and that has nothing to do with superheroes. It's like only fans in space. Like they're, it's like a Star Trek esque adventure where they're like banging aliens. Oh yeah. Uh, so on the on the banging aliens tip, I do like Saga a lot. Nice. Uh, yes, big, it's one of my favorites. Yeah, big fan of of Vaughn and all all his stuff. I really like uh, yeah Ex Machina. You know why the Last Man? Uh, nice. I really like. Uh, I did just read. I, I love Fun Home. I love Alison Bechdel. I just read her newest one, The uh, Secret to Superhuman Strength. Uh, Ooh, it's nice. re- like she just really knows what she's doing. It's it's just it's you know cool to look at. But like ma- I mainly read for who's writing it. Like and I yeah. most of the people who are writing that I like like usually get to work with you know cool ass like artists. So like I'd much rather you know if I want I'm happy to look at a beautiful picture, but I'd rather. I'd rather read a cool story with like fine art than uh, look at look at cool art with a, a story that I don't care about that much. So I yeah. love uh, I love Ed Brubaker a lot. Like oh, all of yeah, his stuff yeah. that I've read is really cool. Do you guys know uh, Linda Barry? I like her a lot. Uh, yeah, so she has uh, she has. It's definitely I don't even know what genre it is. It's more like like I'd say like true but it's not necessarily like all memoiry but uh i'm doing this from memoiry by the way and uh <laughs> we have fun and i just want to let you know that that's for, that's just for fun uh <laughs> not for anything meaningful at all just fun sorry and fun fun can also be meaningful but uh she has a book called syllabus uh mm-hmm. which is like she is a a writer, an artist, a teacher, and she, I think, has a class that she, like, made the syllabus for, and then the syllabus became, like, it looks like a composition notebook, and it became a graphic novel, where it's sort of, like, kind of a how-to, like, if you want, if you, you can just read it and look at it and be interested by it, and, but also, if you start drawing, then you can, like, go through it and become a better uh, comics creator or artist, and uh, one of the things that I remember from, like, I'd say, I, I should look it up exactly, but it's I'm paraphrasing her here. In one of her books, she asked the question, like, how old do you have to be 
to make a bad drawing. And hmm. it's just basically like the idea is like, you know, a child, you don't look at a child's art and be like, uh, that's not good. You know, like even if you think you're just like, oh yeah, at a certain age, but like at what point, you know, are you quote unquote like supposed to be good or develop self-consciousness? Like I stopped drawing at a point in my own life because I thought that I wasn't getting better. And I'm like, well, I don't want to be bad at it. Not realizing <laughs> that I probably didn't get better because I stopped. And in order to get better at anything, you have to be bad. Like if you're already good, it's hard yeah. to get better. If you're bad, it's much easier to get better as long as you know, you know, what you're doing, how to learn, et cetera. So really, really love uh, Linda Barry. I'll also, on the maybe you don't know them uh, side of things, uh, my buddy, I have a couple buddies who like draw uh, and make like web comics uh, and then some real, real, some real book, you know, some fake stuff and some real stuff, uh, <laughs> some, you know, you know, some online stuff and then some fake stuff that just happens out here in the real world. But um <laughs> My buddy, uh, Ramin Nazer, uh, he's made so much art for me. Like he's uh, done a couple of my, like, like an album cover and uh, podcast designs and then follow him on Instagram and get his books. Like his first comic that I remember getting was called After You Die. And just every page is like a two page spread of one possibility of what happens after we die. Like, you know, uh, oh, heaven, man. hell, reincarnation, ghost, simulation, you know, like live on in your children and just like really cool, like beautiful, psychedelic-y, like rainbow colored stuff. Nice. His, uh, like his podcast is called the uh, Rainbow Brain Skull Hour. And uh, <laughs> he's actually got a new Love one, that. a new podcast called Mind Under Matter with, do you guys know Shane Moss, a comedian? Yeah, I know Shane uh, Moss very well. Yeah, Shane's, uh, Sh Shane and I started out together in Boston, and so Shane is a, a real good buddy. And uh, yeah, so Ramin, check out. I love his comics. And uh, Joe Karg is another buddy who, uh, have you seen Rory's new special? Rory the Scuffles. one that just came out? Yeah. Not yet. Oh, I've been wanting to. I just, I was with my son, and it was like, he would not be the biggest fan. He's like 10, and all he thinks about is Fortnite. and. Uh I was like, I'll wait till another. I just got back today, so. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, in, when you see it, uh, there is an artist friend of Rory's and mine named Joe Karg who, like, gave Rory a drawing of Rory that he did. Like, he's he's also, like, illustrated uh, and made so many, like, flyers and posters and album covers for a bunch of comedians uh, that, so, if you if you're, like, I like comedians, but I don't like comic art. Well, this is a nice foray. This is a nice uh, just like Venn diagram overlap for you. Uh, but back to your sincere question. Let's see. I also like uh, Julia Wirtz a lot. I like uh, Alex Robinson. I like uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glancing over at my my shelf now and be like, what can I see? Fables is one that I really love. Yes. Uh and uh, yeah, those are those are some I get. Those are some I I love. I do love Bendis a lot, you know. Nice. Uh, and I've been on Dan Slot a lot. I really I really liked his yeah. Silver Surfer and his uh, his Spider Man and his Iron Man and uh, uh, who is who else? Oh, Jason Aaron's Thor is really oh, really cool. So good. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's I mean there's so many I could. Uh, if you guys want to go, I could just keep naming the comics I like for <laughs> the next 30 to 45 minutes if you want. Yeah. You passed the test. Thank you. <laughs> no, there's no test. We don't gatekeep comics. Whatever you read, you read. Yeah, we don't I'm, judge. I also am like the first to say I am not like – I just because this – 
podcast is about it. I'm not a comic expert by right. any mean. I don't know anything. I just like read a few things. We know you don't, Cody. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I also like, I think we're all, you know, experts in the things that we enjoy and the things that we spend the most time like learning about. And like, so I know, I know a lot about the comics that I've read, but I don't know everything about like, you know, all the comics. So certainly like, you know, I could tell you probably more than most people could about the Savage Dragon, because <laughs> that's, that's the one comic that I've read consistently from 1992. I've read that comic for almost 30 years. Wow. And there's not a lot of comics that I could say that for. What about that do you really like? Like, I've just never, I know Savage Dragon, but I've just never read it. Uh, that's a great question. Uh, finally, again, here we are. I, I was talking for a while, so there was no time for other great questions in between. But, uh, <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, you're still you're still still delivering the bangers. <laughs> so in you know in 1992, I was like 13, and uh, that was you know when Image basically started, and it was you know all the quote unquote cool creators from Marvel. Uh, just started their own thing. And so I read them all at first and I didn't really enjoy them all, but that was a time when I didn't know myself as well. And I think I was trying to read what I thought I was supposed to read, you know, like yeah. I did, I did love like Spider-Man uh, when I was reading Spider-Man at the time, Eric Larson who did Savage Dragon yeah, was yeah. like doing that. So like, I think I just, I love, I like Eric Larson's writing. It's like super playful. Like I think he takes, playfulness seriously like he's clearly very dedicated to the craft like the drawing the like the things that he did with savage dragon like one i feel like the seventh or eighth episode was just like every page a full page spread just like wow. a story where he's fighting this like the main initial villain overlord and it's just like <laughs> it's really cool and a beautiful like uh, you know an innovative way to tell a story that i hadn't specifically seen maybe other people had done it but uh that it was just in the in the Savage Dragon universe, he the characters age. And uh, oh. so this is I thought about this recently. It's the same thing that, you know, the comic strip, the newspaper strip for better or for worse. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They also like age in real time. And yeah. I'm like, that's the way. What what a weird thing for Savage Dragon and for better or for worse to have in common. <laughs> uh, but it's such a, a cool thing. that I mean, of course, it's it's great. You know, like Spider-Man's great. And it's nice that there are all the versions of it. You can have the Miles Morales version. You can have, you know, you can watch Into the Spider-Verse, whether you know any about all the characters or not there's all, all right. the weird like variations and then there's also so far almost always you're like is there a peter parker who's kind of screwing things up all the time trying to like go to go to class uh, as a student or a teacher like is like it, there's if you only read spider-man once every 10 years there's some spider-man that you can pick up and it's still recognizable to you and Maybe that's not, it's like the NCIS of, you know, <laughs> of comics. Be like, I just want to, are there going to be people solving crimes? I just want the crimes to stop. So, uh, <laughs> but with, uh, with Savage Dragon, he's like, I own this guy. I can do like he, he had created that character as a kid and created all these different like variations of storylines of how like in one he's an alien and one he's like a guy who like changes into the savage dragon like the hulk in another oh. he's just a human in a mask and like throughout the run of savage dragon he got to like do alternate stories like some with time travel some with alternate realities some with just like changing the way the character did things to like 
enact all of these like childhood sort of like fantastical ideas that he had. And it was just so like silly and, you know, and cool uh, that I just, I loved, I love, I love his art. I love looking at it. I love, love his ideas. So I think that was the thing. Like when I was a kid, I would read like Spider-Man cause I liked it and the X-Men because I thought I was supposed to. And, yeah. you know, like when there was a big, you know, a big like secret wars like or like acts of vengeance like you know marvel universe like through line crossover story where you're like oh wow i got to i got to read all of these yeah. because their marketing department tricked me you know yeah. and <laughs> i but i like i really did i was sort of a completist i wanted to know everything that was going on like so and and obviously like, for the spider-man like there was like one four different titles that came out one a week and like i liked some of them more than others but sometimes they're like well you got if you want to know what's going on in this one, you got to read that one. Yeah. So I guess I like that Savage Dragon is like legit just one comic. It's just one comic. It comes out approximately once a month. It's easy to keep track of. Like now I g generally just get the uh, the trades after, you know, yeah. after six months, yeah. get a trade. That's my more my preferred way of reading, you know, to just I'm like the same way. binge the season of, uh, of the story. And uh, yeah, it's just... Uh, it's playful and fun loving and the guy is like continuing to like, you know, grow and try new things. Nice. Yeah, that's that's awesome. That's I awesome. I mean now I want to read the Savage Dragon. You convinced me for sure. Same. Yeah, give it a shot. Uh there's one there's one book called uh I think it's like a talk with God or a conversation with God where either Dragon either dies or almost dies. You know, he's in a fight and he like he's out of it and then he's like talking with, you know the God that you might expect to be looking at with like a giant beard and, uh, and God's like, ask me questions. And, uh, Savage Dragon's like, I really don't believe in you, but okay. How about <laughs> these questions? And, uh, it's like, it's fun and weird. So yeah, I mean, you've already, look, I'm, I'm still selling you on it, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you like it, read it. And that's the thing is, I feel like this is the thing that I've learned is that there are, there's a difference also in between like, what is, let's say, quote unquote, good objectively whatever that means like and what i enjoy like i like it is different than i think it's good like i do think like like the fast and furious movies i love them <laughs> and if somebody said like what do you think the best movie ever made was uh i don't think i would pick one of them but if somebody said what do you think's like the most fun you have at a movie i'm like they're definitely contenders mm. like i like so i have a lot of fun and i'm i'm now better at i'm better at not continuing along a path. If somebody's like, this is good, you would like it. I think, or like if a critic, like I don't, I, I do wanna like read what the best things are, but mm -hmm. if I start something and I'm like, I don't get it or it's not for me, it's not my flavor. You know, if I'm, if for, for food, you could go to like a five-star restaurant where a chef makes the greatest meal in the world that has a flavor in it that you don't like. You're like, well, I guess I'm wrong about eggplant. So I'm yeah. going <laughs> to eat this food that I hate. So I, yeah, I just, uh, you, so I, what I'm trying to say is you might not have the exact same taste that I do. And it's okay. If you don't love the savage dragon, probably part of it is also, I was 13 and it got, <laughs> you know, what the things that we love when we're teenagers, I think empirically have a place in our heart that is not, logically justifiable other than it as i was becoming an adult human being my brain was doing certain things and so it was sort of like this chemical sponge <laughs> that like if i hear a song even that i didn't like from my teenage yeah. years i'm like oh that song i hated it brings me back you know 
Yeah, yeah no, I remember reading like on Cracked a long time ago, like the music that you liked when you're teenagers, like the music you just will wind up liking when you're older. I mean, I got over that really quick because I'm like, okay, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> you can't change that, right? Like you just said, it's just like everyone has their taste. And that's exactly how I feel about movies and comics. Like we talked about Mortal Kombat. Like I don't think it was a great movie, but it was a lot of fun to watch. Oh, it was so fun. Yeah, you know, like I, I also I watched the most recent one that just came out. Yeah, yeah that. Yep. And yeah, I think like whenever I spend time talking about something like critically, I want to be clear for myself. Like I like love watching a lot more than I like hate watching. And there's so much to lo- there's too many. Like there's more comics and movies and podcasts and music that I would love that I'll never get to see. And and so I don't want to spend time like watching something that I think I won't enjoy. I'm like, I have I loved playing Mortal Kombat. I really enjoyed watching like the some of the earlier uh, movies. I forget how many there were, but uh, at least I think I saw at least two. Yeah, there were two. There were two. Yeah. Oh, great. Then I'm I'm a completist. Uh, (laughs) I'm a sad Mortal Kombat completist. I mean, (laughs) MK is my initial. So that's why I like it. And um, (laughs) why not? But. Like definitely, I really enjoyed watching the fight scenes in this. I guess what I'm saying yeah. is when I'm critical of something, I want it to be, I only want to be critical of the things that I find more value in than I don't. Like if I just didn't like it, I don't want to talk about it. Like mm. I thought it was, there was a lot of silliness in it that maybe, maybe was intended, maybe wasn't intended. Like, I don't think, I, I think there are movies that I go to for the dialogue. There are movies, but like the, it was, there were some cool, there were some cool fight scenes and that is what I enjoyed. Like, it's sort of, I guess it's kind of like, here's a, this might be a joke. Now, born right in this moment, blooming here. <laughs> I mean, and maybe I'm not the first person to say this, but I feel like Mortal Kombat is like porn in that, like, there's like, there's the fight scenes or the sex scenes. And then they're like, I mean, should we just like have them one after the other? And they're like, no, come on, like finesse it a little. Like have there be some kind of reason, some kind of story. Like, yeah, there's another dimension and the pizza guy wants to fight a four armed creature. Okay, great. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm like, probably I could just next, I'm not going to rewatch that Mortal Kombat movie, but I might like look up a YouTube video of like some of the fight scenes. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. We talked, we had similar things. Like I was so annoyed. I I don't know. We didn't, don't need to get back into it. I just hated that dude's family and wish they all died. Uh, (laughs) I, I will, I will also add, uh, that I, I think that there are there are movies with action in them that do like almost everything right. Like not to make them like the highest art, but like I mean the Fast and Furious movies, the the Crank movies, like almost all like Jason Statham movies. Like he picks yeah. great vehicles, like the Transporter, which is about great vehicles, and <laughs> and he yeah like I, there's so many like I mean I love your your face offs, your Con Airs, your oh, yeah. like Nicolas Cage also makes some like. They're just so silly. The movie Shoot 'em Up. Did you guys see Shoot 'em Up? Oh God, yeah, with uh, yeah. Clive Barker and Paul Giamatti. Was that it? Clive Owens. Oh, yeah, Clive, yeah. Clive, Clive Barker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Paul Giamatti as Pinhead. Let's do it. Yeah, and I mean that that movie, the Shoot 'em Up. If you haven't seen it, it's so, it's so bananas that basically Clive Owens is playing Bugs Bunny. 
and Paul Giamatti is playing Yosemite Sam, and it's a live action, just like violent cartoon that is so in like it's called Shoot 'Em Up, and I guess the point is it knows exactly what it is, and it's showing it's like this is what it is, and do you like that? Then you'll enjoy it. Whereas like some other movies, they're just like yeah, people will pay money because of the name of this or the actor or whatever. But there's there's so many great ones to. There's so many great stupid movies. Yeah, yes. no, I I love stupid movies. I'll be the first to say that. You know, I feel like we always bring up movies on the podcast, and I'm like, I haven't seen that. But like, I've like, if I bet if we just like purposely tried to name the stupidest movies we can think of, I've probably seen them multiple times. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yes. Um, oh that's great um so you named a bunch of like your favorite writers do you have any and it sounds like are you like uh other than like characters like savage dragon are you into any of like the more mainstream characters or are you not really like waning interest or uh i i great question uh, a thing I always say, um, <laughs> but I mean it every time. And uh, I would say that, like, the answer is yes and no. Like, here's here's why: is like, I love Spider Man. I'll say, like, if I had to pick a favorite mainstream character, I would probably say Spider Man. I also love Batman. I also here's an analogy: like, I would say that like Daredevil was never like one of my favorite characters, but in the hands of my favorite writers, like when Brubaker is writing him, or right yeah. now it's uh, Chip Z- Chip Zdarsky. Zdarsky, yeah, I don't know how to yeah. say it. Zarsky, he's writing yeah. it, and he's such a goofball, and it's so it's like great. fun and different. And like Mark Wade was writing him for a mm. while, and I'm like, oh, like I never loved like Iron Fist growing up because I never read any. I was just like his power. It seemed, you know, I feel like it might be why I didn't like him is uh i'm like a little bit you know i i i'm i don't have obsessive compulsive disorder but i do like symmetry and i'm like he just has the one fist that's it just one. i'm like can he if he was iron fists i think i would enjoy him more like i'm like isn't it imbalanced like it's just he just punches people strong with one like what's happening <laughs> like but when ed brubaker started writing him Ooh, I was, was like, this run. is yeah. like reading a movie. Yeah. Uh, and Brubaker wrote Daredevil also. And like Daredevil went to jail and the Punisher was there and the Kingpin was there. And I'm like, just like, and you were there and you were there. You know, and, like, <laughs> and so I really feel like I understand that like the characters, you know, aren't just uh, like no one writer, especially, especially at Marvel or DC, like no one writer like owns any of those characters. Uh, and that's like the beautiful thing about them, that they are timeless and they can be like reinvented over and over. Like, and uh, same thing, like I never loved Thor. I'm like, who cares about Thor until like Jason Aaron, like started writing these beautiful stories that like, yeah. it's like a complete from like the end of it. I'm like, gave me chills. It's like so beautiful. Yeah. And Silver Surfer, I never liked until Dan Slot. So it's like weird to say. So the analogy that I have now is like, I growing up, whenever Will a Will Farrell movie came out, I always thought I wouldn't enjoy it. But then I'd go see it, and everyone, I'm like, okay, that one got me. Like I always <laughs> thought I and so why don't I say I like Will Farrell movies? But because I just have this I this part of my identity, I conceive of myself as not, but I always he's so funny. I think it may be 
goes back to like, when I started out in comedy, I'm like, the kind of comedy I was doing when I started was like, you know, math equations, you know, like, <laughs> like one line jokes that are like, you know, I loved like Emo Phillips and Mitch Hedberg and Dimitri yeah. Martin and uh, Wendy Liebman and Rita Rudner and just like these perfect and, you know, d- joke nuggets. And, and that's what I was doing. And I, you know, I just didn't respond as much to like other people could make me laugh, but I was like, this is like my brain's, my brain jam, you know? And now I love, I mean, if people ask me to name my favorite comedians, I'll say Mitch Hedberg was like my first favorite, but I'll also name like Maria Bamford and Doug Stanhope and Chappelle, you know, and Reggie Watts, you know, is like, is he like, just there's so many types of people doing different things to love. And so I feel like similarly, the way that I felt about Will Ferrell. I also felt about Daredevil. I'm like, oh yeah, I don't like Daredevil, but but this comic's good. Oh, I don't like, like, and then they become also like the songs of my teenage years where I'm like, oh, Daredevil, I remember. I had your Secret Wars action figure. Of course <laughs> I love Daredevil. Like Captain America, I never, you were kind of a square. I never really liked you until I read you in The Ultimates when Mark, uh, is it Miller or Millar? I always yeah. say <laughs> it looks like Millar. I think it's Miller. Like, I love that guy's stuff. Um, uh, and and Brubaker's run on Captain America, like that guy, just give that guy everybody, and I'll love everybody. But <laughs> but I love, I would say, growing up, before I knew anything about who was writing them, I loved Spider Man, I loved the Hulk, uh, I, like I read all of Peter David's or most of Peter David's run on the Hulk, and just like oh that that really got in me, and uh, and I I did yeah, it's weird I'm weird with Daredevil, uh, like I go back and forth, but I did. Did I did and do love Batman? Had a, very early on the Batman Hulk crossover, the Marvel DC. Wow, <laughs> uh, that was a pretty fun story. But yeah, I the the reason that I that I'm that I say I say yes, I have those favorites, and I say no that I don't because like I won't just read any Spider Man comic because I like Spider Man. Like if a person. You know, I, I'll give it a shot. If somebody was like, will you read this one? Yeah, why not? Because you're my friend. Absolutely. <laughs> but I currently don't read every Spider-Man comic. Um, I do. I like I like some of the Nick Spencer ones that are going on now. Like, I'll, But I don't rush out and buy it right when a new one is around. I'll be like, I'll wait for that one to come to the library. Whereas like, ooh, there's one that I just ordered, another non-mainstream. But I, there's a guy named Will McPhail, M-C-P-H-A-I-L. He is a uh, New Yorker cartoonist and his follow him on Instagram. His cartoons are so they're beautiful and so funny. And he just put out his first graphic novel, which is called in that. That is one that I ordered from an independent bookstore because I want to support him and the bookstore. Yes. And like, whereas some I might get on Amazon, some I might get at my at my store. But I'm just like this one, like it came out, I think this month. And I ordered it this month as opposed to like waiting until it goes on sale, waiting like, you know, so some characters, some writers, some stories like there's more urgency for. And I definitely do lean more towards caring about who's writing something than like, like I never really read many Superman comics until uh, like Brian Bendis is writing him now. Yeah. And, and, or if it was a Garth Ennis hitman crossover or, you know, um, there's that sound again. What is happening? I don't, is it my connection? It's very strange. Okay. Uh, that's my bit. Um, <laughs> and wait, is that, what's that? Is that the sound of somebody drinking a glass of uh, alcohol? Or no, also? No, okay. Fair no. enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, those are, 
those are my, I mean, and I guess I particularly love, uh, to answer a question you're not asking, like when somebody I love makes a great thing with a character I love, like it's really cool. Like, uh, like Into the Spider-Verse is a beautiful accomplishment of like comics, film integration, like that I know Bendis was like greatly like involved in helping become the thing. Like he's really good. Uh, Wolverine's another character I've liked a lot, which I feel, you know, I feel like, I don't, do you guys know They Might Be Giants, the, yeah. the yeah. band? Of I course. feel like saying that Wolverine's my favorite character is being like, oh, uh, Istanbul, not Constantinople is my favorite They Might Be Giants song. I'm like, yeah, yeah it's <laughs> like, oh, Birdhouse in Your Soul. Of course I love They Might Be Giants. Oh, yeah, Particle Man, nailed it. All, everything on Flood, the one album. Uh, I say Dr. Is, Worm, that's my favorite They Dr. Might Be Dr. Worm's Giants a good song. one. <laughs> There's, uh, I, I, I enjoy a Until My Head Falls Off. I don't know if that's the full name of it, but it's a, a beautiful one. They, they, they got beautiful songs, but <laughs> the point is, uh, I've read, I really like Old Man Logan. Yeah. Uh, that I think Mark Miller started, but then when there was some, uh, I'm Secret like Wars. Yeah. Yeah. When the Secret Wars happened and there was Battle World and then yeah. there's all these disparate, you know, worlds, his, Bendis wrote the the old man Logan one, and it it just also ended like like a beautiful movie of everything coming together as like we as like the character experiences like this culmination in the same way that we do like the art and the story like come together like when the art and the story and the character that you love come together like created by these i mean they're really doing magic it's yeah. it's really cool yeah. the, the, i know what series you're talking about that art artist sorrentino is so good oh yeah i mean i could definitely name you art that i love like mike deodato is oh, like yeah. his i think i remember him on like avengers and hulk at various points and well, i mean mcfarland's art of course and like you know all the all those image guys like they're it's so interesting though that there's some Here's here's a I'll reveal like today I would definitely enjoy I enjoy reading things by like Mike is it Mignola Mignola yeah I when know. I first saw his he actually there was a Hellboy crossover with Savage Dragon that oh, yeah. Hellboy nice. that that the uh, the Hellboy guy drew some <laughs> of and I was like this doesn't look like you know the the weirdo art that I this is different weirdo art than I'm accustomed to like I didn't mm -hmm. understand what he was doing. And so it wasn't like for my palette at that time. And I think like Mike Allred is another guy that was sort of like that for mm -hmm. me. But then when I, when I read like X-Force and then it became Ecstatics, like that was another, like I really like when weirdos do weird stuff with the mainstream characters. Like you're, you know, Grant Morrison X-Men or uh, Zdarsky's Daredevil right now. It's like, wow, like this is, it's cool that, you know, they're allowed to like, play and like stretch the characters farther than you thought uh they might be allowed to yeah that's how i kind of felt about uh dan Slott's silver surfer because it, it felt like doctor who you know like he had like a companion yes oh man what a what a great analogy oh thank you very much yeah i'm that, learning that, from the master <laughs> <laughs> ah i am to analogies like you are to analogies now. <laughs> uh yeah oh man that 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 slot silver surfer is just maybe it's also because the maybe the reason i didn't think i liked the silver surfer was because he didn't seem human oh yeah and i don't know if i was thinking of that like objectively but the idea that like i mean in this one he has a human companion mm -hmm. and also like his humanity is like you know sort of 
front and center in in that whole story. He's not right. just this, you know, high and mighty, just like foreign space god. Kind yeah, of. exactly. It's uh, yeah. So did I answer I like- your question? Spider-Man, my <laughs> <Yes>. favorite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you could have any superpowers, what would they be? Ooh. Oh, uh, that's a. That's a nice question. I, look, I, I switched it up. Um, <laughs> the the ones that I think about the most, uh, I mean, other than I, I won't, uh, I'll be like, uh, I'd like to have the power to uh, grant unlimited wishes. Okay, now we're now we're set. So, <laughs> some ones that I like, I like the idea of like time slow down, speed up, you know, that sort of thing. You know, my girlfriend. Uh, read a book called, I believe it's just called Singularity. And in the book, uh, this uh, this kid discovers a shed uh, that when you're in it, time goes at a completely different rate than outside of it so that he could be in there for a year and maybe only a day passes outside it. Oh, they copied that from Dragon Ball Z then. Oh, that could be, <laughs> or maybe the other way around. It's a, uh, it is. It's. I don't know. How, uh, this book is from a while ago, um, but uh, that appeals to me. The idea that, like, you know, yeah, it appeals really to her, cool. and like, I feel like we have this in common. That, like, I've always thought, like, oh man, if you could, if you could stop time, then you could like walk anywhere in quote no time, and you'd be like functionally teleporting. You could like use it if you slow it down you could like essentially move at what would seem like super speed and so it could like time manipulation could turn into what seems like so many others but if you knew what was going on underneath it you're like oh there's actually a lot of like a lot of time work effort resources going into this also i guess like you know invisibility seems like a fun thing <laughs> uh but uh yeah i guess those those are the those are the ones that I think about first. You just want to be God. You just want to have all the powers. Yeah, I just I would like yeah all of the powers. I would like. I mean, how about ooh? How about this? Like I've been I've been learning about Buddhism recently, and uh, the goals uh, of most Buddhists, I think, as I understand it, are to uh, increase happiness and the root of happiness, and decrease suffering and the root of suffering for all sentient beings like to travel towards enlightenment, divinely enlightened Buddha omniscience, uh, so that you can also help everybody else travel along that path towards that. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I guess uh, if that's a superpower, I'd like that as well. Just uh, the, uh, you know, elimination of suffering for all. Is that a superpower? <laughs> it is now. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I like that. There's there's a thing about you know Marianne Williamson who ran for president. But yes. before that, uh, my girlfriend and I would sometimes go see her speak, and uh, she was, I think it was her from her that I first heard this concept that maybe exists elsewhere in spirituality. But the idea is that if you're going to like pray for something or wish for something, why not uh, do it? Wish and pray for what you want or better, like in the way that you know because like. Well, if you're a child, like, you know, imagine 
imagine you're a child and you're like, I want all the candy. You and an evil genie grants your wish and you're like, oh God, my stomach hurts. I wish I had wished for something better. Be like, how about the optimal amount of candy plus also some healthy food that tastes good plus also, you know, enough money to support me and my family plus also world <laughs> peace plus also, you know, all the things that you're not thinking of in the limited capacity that you are. It's sort of like the way that when you like do when you sign a contract in show business they're like we own the recording of this and also the audio and also like the laser disc and also <laughs> any technology that does exist or might exist anywhere <laughs> in perpetuity throughout the universe and that's the way that uh that wishes could go as well be like uh so yeah what kind of superpower do you want i guess i want yeah time manipulation invisibility and or whatever the most appropriate powers would be to help all of uh humanity and sentient beingness uh along the path towards uh oneness enlightenment uh nirvana liberation etc what if you wake up tomorrow as marianne williamson that would be a real freaky every day <laughs> um so uh like just from like hearing your material and past albums and stuff uh you're a vegan you're um you you're studying like buddhism what like uh took you down this road to like i don't know is do you think it's like because you were a dork that you were like no offense but you know self proclaimed whoa no whoa. offense you're a dork no offense. Inter <laughs> interview over i am gallagher walking out of here um i think that number one great question uh, we're back. And I do think that my like veganism uh, began in a place that I think a lot of people like are, which is like when I was in high school, uh, I grew up, you know, in the United States eating uh, mostly the food that I would have at the time called like American food, you know, your hot dogs. Uh, Burgers. That, mostly hot dogs. Um, <laughs> just ate hot dogs. And uh, <laughs> my mom my mom would say that I ate the three uh, P food groups, pizza, pasta, and uh, potato chips? What was Oh, peanut butter. Peanut butter was the last one. <laughs> and then I would say, and frankfurters, but with a P. Um, <laughs> P-H rankfurters. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, but, but I do remember thinking at the time while I was, you know, eating animals, I was like, I think it would be better if I didn't, I would like rather not, but I didn't have like the know-how. I didn't have the tools. I like, I didn't cook my own food. I didn't really do most of, I didn't do the shopping really. Uh, <laughs> so I was like, but then I got to college and I was like, oh, I guess I, I can try. There was like in the dining hall, there was like a vegetarian food uh like station and so i tried it and it worked and i was like well i guess i'll just keep trying it and like that's why like if other people are like i could never do it and i'm like i think that you could because like i couldn't do it and i did like it's it's i'm not special in that i could eat different things like we could all eat different things and so I think that, and I think that we all do, like whether Buddhist identified, whether Buddhist leaning, whether vegan identified or not, like I think that most 
reasonable people, and I'm including you in this, uh, I don't mean to put words in your mouth or reasons in your head, but I think that most reasonable people would be like, given the choice between doing more harm or less harm or creating more joy or less joy, would create more joy and cause less harm. And that's that's really the place yeah. that all of that was coming from for me uh, when I was like, oh, yeah, I want to I want to contribute less harm to the world if I can. That's why I became vegan. And. I think I think a similar thing is what's attracting me to Buddhism. Another thing that's attracting me to Buddhism is like kind of the logic of it that there's just there essentially like there's nothing really dogmatic about it. Like everything that the Buddha said is basically like don't take my word for it, check it yourself. Like try this out, like and see if it has the effect that people are purporting that it does, and if it does, then great, do it. Like do do what makes sense and here are some offerings like they have 10 things that are essentially like the 10 commandments, but they don't call them commandments. They're essentially like the 10 suggestions. They're like, look, if you want to, we think it's pretty cool, pretty cool to not kill. Uh, and to not only not kill, but also to help live. There's like two good ones. So killing is bad. Not killing is good. And helping live is good. Like to, you know, if you don't kill a person, that's great. But if you feed a person, that's also great. And that's even like, you know, bonus. Anyway. I think that another, I mean, there's various things that sort of set me off along this path. It was actually, I feel like probably being a dork in the way that I was held me back from finding these things all sooner in this way that like, I was like taught by my parents to like not do drugs, let's say. And I, I still haven't really ever smoked a tobacco cigarette uh, and I don't want to. I don't drink really alcohol anymore, uh, though I'm not opposed to it. It just doesn't do the most for me. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm like, psychedelics, those are Ooh, those do yeah. the most for me, uh, or I do the most of them. And, <laughs> and I would say, like, I didn't smoke pot until I was like in my 20s. And I was dating a woman who was like, pot helps me. It like, it gets me into this place where I'm creative. It gets me like she was a musician. She was a comedian. And I like I tried it and it's still pot is almost never like the it's not the thing that helps me be creative for sure. Mm, it yeah. like it zones me out. It it can feel good in my body if it's the kind of pot that I like. Uh, but I, I was expecting pot to be different. And that was that was why I didn't like it. This I never it's like if somebody comes to a comedy show and they're like, this wasn't Kevin Hart at all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Most comedy shows aren't Kevin Hart. So if you expect them all to be <laughs> Kevin Hart, you're going to be disappointed. And I thought, from, I thought that pot, I was like, oh, I thought this pot was going to be like Kevin Hart. But it wasn't. Uh, it was like Kevin Mind. Um, <laughs> and... <laughs> but, so went, so I tried pot, didn't love it. But then when I tried mushrooms for the first time, after having done like a little research into the kind of effects that they can have. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh yeah, like this, this makes sense. Like this, like, you know, pot sort of like zones me out where mushrooms kind of like zoned me in. Mm. I was like, oh yeah. And like made me sort of feel for the first time, like the connectedness of like, you know, that maybe Buddhism sometimes talks about that, you know, that lots of spirituality talk about that, like, you know, that lots of just human beings talk about when they get value in community, like to, to learn that we're not just, you know, like Alan Watts says, we don't come Ooh, yeah, into Alan the world, Watts. we come 
out of it that we are all, you know, from the Big Bang, even if you're, if you're like a science head, you're like, yeah, we were potentially all in one literal point, you know, before whatever that means. And then, and we're all made of the same, you know, star stuff, molecules, like cell, like everything we're, you know, we're 99% the same as like chimps and stuff or approximately we're like 50% the same as bananas humans are like genetically, I believe. And so it's like, oh yeah, we're just like, we're all universe stuff. And sorry, by the way, Mike is the only one that hasn't smoked weed. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. When I, people a lot of the time will ask me like when I like say a weird thing or have like a weird joke they're like, "Did you write that while you were high?" I'm like, "Here's what I wrote while I was high." Uh, uh and f- sincerely, I mean, it it was I feel like while I'm on mushrooms, I might say things like this as well. No, but absolutely, yeah. Then, like you know, the the various lessons and insights that can be gleaned under such circumstances, like those. I think Doug Stanhope had a great joke once that was sort of the the point was like, "There's good drugs and bad drugs." Like I forget it was like cocaine or alcohol. He's like bad drug because it makes you think things that aren't true. Like I should fight this cop and. <laughs> Good drugs are things that make you think things that are true. Like mushrooms are like, I think the example he gave was like, if you do LSD and then look into your dog's eyes, then you'll always have that. You know, you'll, you'll <laughs> yeah. never not like even sober, you'll look in your dog's eyes and you're like, yeah, we had, that thing was real. Um, paraphrasing. But uh, I feel like not, I'm, and I'm glad that I didn't, I'm glad that I t- did everything at the rate that I did. Because I also know that, like, you know, you smoke pot in high school, like, your brain uh, has effects happen to it then that uh, who knows what happens to your, you know, IQ itself is like a sort of a bigoted racist uh, artifact. But uh, given that we have it, they're like, oh, yeah, like, the earlier you do things to your brain, the more different things happen, the more effects you might have on your brain. So happy I started, like, morphing my brain in my 20s. Uh, when it was almost done, I was like, oh, let's just keep this morphin going. Um, <laughs> morphin for more fun. Uh, it's, it's my remake, the mighty more fun Power Rangers. <laughs> and, uh, that's what Mushrooms is. It's kind of like a Power Arranger, uh, a mighty more fun Power Arranger. And, um, more fungus? <laughs> oh, yeah. Mighty more fungus. There we are. Absolutely. Get that. <laughs> get that high in here. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, so I think that, uh, I think that all of these things were sort of, you know, happening kind of in tandem, you know, uh, where like I, I started meditating, you know, five, six, seven years ago. I started doing ayahuasca ceremonies six, seven years ago. Oh man, nice. I, you know, started doing mushrooms in my twenties. I like met my, uh, my wonderful girlfriend who I've been with just, uh, over five years now. And she introduced me to like some authors like Pema Chodron, who's a Buddhist nun who I've read almost everything that she's written. And just like, it also is like, uh, you know, beautiful and ceremonial and like, both spiritual and practical, you know, like, and yeah. mo- mostly practical, like reading things like Thich Nhat Hanh or Ram Dass. And like, 
So mm. I can't point to any one thing to be like, what led me to this? Because it's all just like this, you know, stacks on stacks of causes and conditions, as they say in Buddhism, like be like, why did this happen? Well, because of this, because of this, because of this. And it's eventually like, you know, turtles all the way back to the Big Bang <laughs> and probably before. And uh, yeah, so I think, I mean, I do think that like when I started doing comedy, I was probably talking about like some of the same things. I was talking about my life. You know, I was talking about the food I ate. So I had vo jokes about being vegan. I talked about my relationships. I talked about movies I liked or didn't like. But like moving forward, as I grew as a comedian and hopefully as a person, I decided to, I learned that I could decide what I wanted to talk about more, what I wanted to focus on while understanding that I'm completely not in control of the thoughts that come to me or like the way the world outside of my experience and possibly some of what's inside of my experience like exists. Like I'm not in control of, if I'm in control of anything, it's what's going on in here, but uh, maybe not even that, but certainly right. not what's going on out there. And so whatever input comes in, I, I can hopefully decide what things like, you know, of the jokes that I write, I'm like, I'll tell that one tonight. I'll make the hour about this topic. I'll now, like as compared to before when I was just like, I'll just tell the jokes that the audience laughed at the most regardless. Like those are my, my favorites are what your favorites are because mm -hmm. I like when you like me and I still like when you <laughs> like me, but I also now am like, I like when I like me. And so there are some jokes that I'm like, there's a joke, I'll tell you about it after you see my hour, there's a joke in the show that I'm like, will I, when I record the album, when I record the hour, will I keep that joke in? Because it always gets a laugh and also it isn't my favorite. Yeah. Uh, and maybe I'll talk, maybe I'll say that about it because it's like a real, it's a real weird experience to have where I'm like, if I were just writing it as a book, I'd be like, I'm not going to include that. That part's not, <laughs> it's not important. You know, like there's things that are important to say and there's things that are funny to say. And I want to do like the closest overlap, like a Venn diagram circle of funny and important. And, but also I'm fine to, I'm fine to every once in a while say an important thing that's not funny. Every once in a while say a funny thing that's not important. So mm. like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm aiming not to be too rigid about it, but in the beginning, I was more rigidly following the laughs. And so I think that letting go and opening up to like, whether it's, you know, loosening up and like letting my mind be altered and buy substances, buy other ideas, authors, books, uh, meditation practices, like all of these things I think are what are contributing to uh, whatever you asked about. <laughs> Uh, me, my life, my the things I talk about. <laughs> Do you feel like uh, taking psychedelics so helped you? Like, like you were saying before, like you your jokes bloom, you know, and then you prune them. Like, did, did psychedelics help you figure out how to make them bloom, or at least go hmm. towards that path? Good question. I'll answer it like this. I the I'll say the short answer is probably no, but also it it could be yes. I, the, <laughs> the real answer is I don't know. And yet I'm still going to say more. Uh, <laughs> full disclaimer, I don't know, but also here's some information. My kind of answer. When I do mushrooms, and one of the reasons that I like mushrooms more for creativity than pot is that like one time I did a pot edible on a plane 
And I was like, oh, I wonder if this is a good idea. I'm going <laughs> to keep a log through the whole flight of like the things that I think and feel. <laughs> and it was like pretty stressful to do that. So I might take an edible on a plane in the future, but the thing I'm definitely not going to do is keep a log of it. <laughs> um, and, but with, because I didn't, the thing that was interesting to me at the time was I didn't know what ideas that I was, was having were good or important, were funny or important. Whereas with mushrooms, I almost always have an idea that the thing that I'm recording is good and or important because if it wasn't, I wouldn't take time out of being in the present moment to record it and extract it for later like enjoyment or remembering or learning or whatever it was, because that's one of the uh, one of the conflicts I always have on mushrooms is like, should I keep enjoying the present or do I want to try to capture something so that I can have have it to share with myself and others in the future? All that said, uh, I might come up with like 64 ideas during a day on mushrooms. Nice. And then later I'll look back at them and be like, 32 of these are good ideas, even though I was confident in all of them. And so <laughs> I think that the sober mindset is an important component in my creative process to like, I think, I do think that mushrooms does allow me to bloom as you as you asked in a in a similar way to a good audience does like mm. a really nice audience that is open to and encouraging of and inspiring of riffing like you know if I can just go on, if I go on stage and I have a few ideas of what I want to talk about but then I don't have to get to any of them like that's one of my favorite experiences where you know just getting to sort of like you know ride on on the wave of what's happening yeah. and what's come you know being open to being like oh yeah i've done comedy for almost 20 years and like sometimes i'll be reminded of a joke that i want to tell or a story that i think is funny and could be a joke or a brand new thing made of ingredients that were present in the room right then and never before and maybe never again and so i do think that there is again a similar an overlap or a parallelness to like the the psychedelic open mindset and the onstage sober open mindset. Yeah, now that you pointed that out, like, you know, I saw your special, I saw some of your uh, set on YouTube too. And it's, I, before this talk, I wouldn't describe you as like a psychedelic comedian. But now that you're pointing it out, like, I, you know, I've tripped too. And like, it's just that stream of consciousness. Like, I feel like you're kind of like so tuned into that in a really cool way. I don't Thank know if you. that's what you were just trying to say, but like, that's the impression I get from you. Uh Sincerely, I am very grateful for the kind thing that you said. And uh, so just take this with a grain of salt. Uh, that was not what I meant at all. But uh, I say that I said that as a joke only because now that you've said what you said, it does make complete sense. In fact, like the latest hour that I just did, the, the hour that is AKA my newest album, uh, that one I would say, like I talk about psychedelics in it. And like the structure of it is such that things are kind of all connected in a way that the thing that you're describing does, I would say, would apply to this hour in particular, and maybe also the other ones as well, though it is explicitly like, you know, sort of referenced in this one more than it might be in mm. other ones, like 
yeah, I think I guess I never did. I think I've only put out albums after doing psychedelics. So hmm. uh, do psychedelics, kids. Oh. <laughs> 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 Do, do psychedelics, kids, when you're adults. Um, and yeah, I, I, I do think that there is like the parallel, like the, the main, the, the thing that connects the two, like the doing of comedy that I, I love doing and the psychedelic headspace that I love being in. Like, I mean, I'd say presence is the, is like the, Comedy. the thing that connects them both mm, yeah. that mm. uh yeah that so it's like those are both like presence is like the root uh and the others like those are all like the symptoms those are all like the the effects of that maybe cause of presence nice yeah yeah i like that yeah um i think uh dude thank you so much for coming on i'm so excited to see you mm. especially after like talking to you and hanging out for a little bit so excited to uh oh yeah see you live in a couple weeks uh hang out with you thank you yeah and do you other than your tour dates coming up which i'm sure we can find on your website what else would you like to plug uh thanks uh so yeah my I am a stand-up comedian, and my tour dates are at my website, which is MikeKaplan.com. And uh, Mike is spelled M-Y-Q, Kaplan is K-A-P-L-A-N. That's all my social media as well, Mike Kaplan, on all those places. I have a, a newsletter that uh, comes out once a week for free uh, on Substack, so MikeKaplan.Substack.com. There's always at least... Uh, a few jokes and or other fun units as well as like some uh, upcoming like dates and podcast info and stuff. I do have two podcasts. Uh, one is called Broccoli and Ice Cream and I interview folks about the works and joys of their life. And the other one's called The Faucet, which is just me spouting off, so to speak. Uh, a faucet's like a spout. Does that make sense? And <laughs> is my joke very clear? Okay, great. Uh, I'll uh, pound it into the ground. Perfect. Um <laughs> And, uh, and yeah, and then my albums, I guess, are the, the other main thing that uh, I would recommend, if, if nothing else, uh, listen to AKA and any other albums, podcasts, et cetera, where, you know, you're on the internet right now. I, I, I believe that I have faith that you can find, put, put my name anywhere and you'll find it. <laughs> nice. Thank nice, you. Yeah. Well, thank uh, you no for problem. coming on. Yeah, this was this great. Honestly, a treat. Oh, um, the same. Yeah, it's been it's been so fun. Yeah, it, I love that. Uh, like, there's definitely like a little crossover between comic books and comedy, but like, God, it was so fun. Like, you were. It was good nerding out with you. Oh, sure. I'll also on that uh, on that tip. I realize I'm saying a lot. Uh, here's a tip for me. Uh, stop saying tip so much. Um, <laughs> I'm in tip top. Okay, here we go. Uh, there's a couple of comics that have like comedians in them. Like I just read there was a new one by, I think it's Joe Hill. Oh, I read uh, some of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's Dying pretty cool. Is easy. Yeah. There's, uh, in one of the, in one preacher comic, uh, Bill Hick, like the preacher sees Bill Hicks perform on a page or two. <laughs> nice. Uh, that's pretty cool. But the one I was trying to think of right now is, uh, uh, Adrian, I don't know if it's to Tomine, Tomine, T-O-M-I-N-E. And the book, it, it's also, I think it's called Killing and Dying. And like the final short story in it is about, I think a kid who wants to do comedy and so goes to a comedy club. And there's like 
a couple of jokes by other comedians and like they're credited and it's just it's a cool thing like if you nice. if you like comedy and comic books that's a cool one to check out very nice. cool Dude, they, yeah thank you for those ricks and yeah if you just don't mind sharing the episode whenever we get it up i will tell no one <laughs> <laughs> keep it a secret <laughs> you do the work <laughs> you oh. tell my mom <laughs> Uh, yeah, absolutely. It, I'm very glad to have the opportunity to uh, to do this uh, for its own sake. This is like this is the best. It's like we had fun in the moment and also yeah. get fun for other people for later. So uh, <laughs> the best kind of mushrooms, uh, <laughs> us rooms. Um, yeah, th th it's uh, a pleasure to e meet both of you and uh, look forward to seeing you. Uh, in the place at the time yeah, with yeah. the wrench. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Hi, you're listening to Comics and Chronic, and I'm Jacob H. I'm Cody Cannon. And I'm Anthony Iannaccio. And you can tune in every Thursday to hear new episodes of Comics and Chronic. And make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter, at Comics and Chronic. That's Comics, the letter N, Chronic. We'll see you guys next week. Woo! Peace.